Our second scripture passage is also from Matthew, chapter 13. We're going to begin with verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant of search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, years ago, I was on a presbytery committee for a youth council, and we planned youth, youth uh, retreats. And first we did the middle school, and then we did the senior high. And I happened to be the only adult at the meeting when we were designing the t-shirts. And the theme was, what's love got to do with it? And so my image that I suggested and the youth thought was a great idea is we put the Rolling Stone big lips on it. And then, we, then our verse was, greet one another with a holy kiss. So we laid it all out. We sent it for, for the t-shirts. But then the Presbytery Greater Council met. And they called me and said, you wouldn't believe what the youth did and designed for a t-shirt while there were no adults there. <laughs> What's love got to do with it was our theme. What's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with you being here, with you singing, with us being together in worship, with us going out in the week? What's love got to do with it? Well, to do so, we need to talk about love a little bit. And while in Greek there are three words for love, we only have one. Eskimos apparently have 27 words for snow. Because it means different things when you're living there. But we just say love. So I want to point out to you that there are two types of love. And then just to remind you again, there is value recognizing love. And there's value giving love. Now value recognizing love is a wonderful thing. It's when you look at somebody and you say, wow, that really is great. You're great at this. You're great at that. And you appreciate their greatness. Although in time, gravity affects us all and things change. And here we are. Value recognizing love is a wonderful kind of love. Uh, yesterday, I was watching the Clemson Tigers play football and Trevor Lawrence who threw four interceptions last year, has already thrown four interceptions this year, and he threw two yesterday. And when he throws an interception, I go, dude, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Very frustrating. However, when he threw three touchdowns and passed and ran for 400 yards, I was like, dude. I had a greater appreciation for him. Value recognizing love loves you when you're well and when you do what others value. But not so much when it's not going well. Value recognizing love appreciates attributes. But then there's value giving love. And that's what this is that we see in Jesus' baptism that we see in the Gospels. John the Baptist comes and tells you how bad you are so that you can get better. 
Jesus says, look, we're going to fulfill all righteousness right now, just so you know that you're right with God because God says so, not because you get it right. Value giving love says that you are loved because God says so. So it's really not so much what you believe about God, it's what you believe God believes about you. So let's take the baptism of Jesus and put yourself in that place because I don't think we see ourselves as Jesus enough because if we did, we probably would live differently and it would start here. So imagine you're walking with a crowd toward the Jordan River. And in your mind, you know this is the first step for you in beginning what you believe God's calling you to do. You've waited for a long time for this. As the oldest child in your family, you stayed home to help raise your brothers and sisters. You worked as a carpenter, helping the family and making what money you could. And now that your siblings are old enough to care for themselves, you start to follow the calling you receive from God. And this begins today at the Jordan River. What others think of the Messiah is in the air. What others think of you. Some have heard John speak about you, though he didn't mention your name. But he did talk about your coming and your purpose. So there are whisperings in the crowd as you move forward. But you know those things have more to do with the speaker than the one spoken about. Because there's another voice you're listening for. So you walk to the water and John says he should be baptized by you and you tell him now this is part of the greater purpose that maybe you'll understand later because you know you're there for another voice not John's not John's approval not the crowd's approval another voice you've heard before so as you go into the water as John pushes down you rise up and you feel the Spirit of God descend like a dove and then you hear the voice yes you're my child beloved that's the voice you were listening for now it begins see that's this other kind of love that's this kind of love that we can only dream about that's this kind of love that i really didn't get the whole god as our parent thing until the birth of our first child when kayla was born i went oh it's not a kingdom kind of love in the sense of a king where if you get it right, you get to stay, and if you don't, you're out. It's this kind of love. And until we get that, if we live our lives trying to be valuable, then we sell ourselves out in a cheapening way. We're only selling ourselves out hoping that somebody will tell us that we're worthy or that we're worth something, or that we are valuable, not valued. And the best story that sums up the gospel to me happened not far from here in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, was Fred Craddock. And Fred, uh, at that time, was professor of homiletics at Emory University. And he was up in Gatlinburg on vacation. And so he had had the goal of going up there, and they're sitting at a little diner and a guy walks up to him and walks up to their table and says hey you guys are new you visiting and he says yeah we're, we're visiting we're on vacation he says well good he said who are you he said well i'm fred credit he said well i'm ben hooper well hey ben good to see you he said uh so fred what do you do he said i'm professor of homiletics at emory uh at candler seminary 
at Emory University, hoping that Professor of Homiletics would scare him off and Ben Hooper would go away. He said, oh, you're a preacher. I got a preacher story. He went over and got a chair and pulled it over to their booth and sat down on the end and put his elbows down and says, let me tell you, I was born and raised not far from these, from here, up in these hills, and I was what you call an illegitimate child. And what that means is I didn't know who my daddy was. And so everybody told me that I didn't know who my daddy was, and they called me all sorts of names, and I believed it. And so I hid. But I heard that there was this new preacher who'd started at this church, and I wanted to go hear him. And so I went and I snuck in after it started, and I listened to him, and I liked him, and then I left before the last hymn was over so that nobody would speak to me. And I didn't have to take their looks, I didn't have to take their attitude, I didn't have to take any of that. And I went there, but one Sunday he was so good, I kind of got caught up in it. I didn't leave. And before I knew it, it was over, and everybody was mingling around, and I couldn't get out. And then there was this huge hand of this man in black, Johnny Cash sort of fella, big fella. This huge hand was on my shoulder, and he said, hey, who are you? I didn't say anything because I was scared. I got caught. I didn't know who I was, who my family was. I didn't know. And he said, who are you? Who's your daddy? Who's your pappy, boy? I didn't know. And then he looked at me and he said this. Hey, I know who your pappy is. I know who your daddy is. I can see the family resemblance. And I thought maybe he's going to finally tell me whose I am. And he said, I can see it in you. You're a child of God. I can just tell by looking at you. You got that family resemblance. And he waited a minute, and then Ben Hooper said, you know what, mister, that changed my life. That's a pretty good preacher story, don't you think? And then he left. Waitress comes up. She's filling up their coffees, and she said, you know who that was? And Craddock goes, Ben Hooper? She goes, yes, sir, Ben Hooper, former governor of Tennessee. Beloved child of God, now go do great things. See, in this parable, you're not the one looking for the treasure. All your life, you thought you were the seeker. You're the sought after. You're not trying to find that great pearl. You're not trying to find that one thing. You're not trying to sell everything so that you can get what you think it is you need. That's what God has done for you. You are God's treasure. You are God's pearl of great price. You're the one God's been after. And anybody who tells you otherwise is just mouthing. You are that beloved child of God. You are that great treasure. You are that pearl of great price in which there is no sacrifice too great. Because you know what? In love, in this value-given love, there really is no sacrifice. Because you'd do anything for that one that you love. And that's what God does for us. There's no sacrifice in love. It just love does as love does. And that's the good news of the gospel for people who've been living in a really rough form of love. May we know otherwise. Let us pray. God, we've been living in a kingdom that we don't like very much, a kingdom that tells us if we're something, something, or something else that we will have a place, but that never really holds true, at least not for very long. But God, we would be your people. We would be your beloved children. Help us to leave that other love behind and just accept the fact that we are loved. 
for that's the kingdom that we're after. That's why we've come, that's why we've gathered, and that's why we lift our voices, praying as we were taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.